we'll deal with the context. Let's look at verse number 15. Genesis chapter 27 and verse number 15 tonight. The Bible says, And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it? Thou hast found it so quickly, my son. And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son, Esau, or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him. And he said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy, and his brother's Esau, as his brother's Esau's hands, so he blessed him. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the portion you directed our heart to. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for Brother Philip and his family. And, Lord, their burden, Lord, just to be a blessing, just to be an encouragement. And, Lord, just to hold up the hands of God's men. And, uh, Lord, unless somebody's been in that spot and needed somebody to help them, uh, they don't, we, we really don't understand how much of a blessing that is. And, Lord, I thank you for them. I pray you bless them, and Lord, in their deputation and their work. And, God, use them for thy glory. Bless this text tonight. and Use it. Speak to our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We know when we come to Genesis 27 that this is probably a story we all learned in Sunday school going up. We know that Abraham, of course, was the father of the faith. It was promised to him in Genesis chapter 12 that uh, through his seed, through his line, that he would, uh, his seed would outnumber the sand by the sea and the stars in the heaven. There's only one problem. His wife Sarah is barren. She can't have any children. And so through a series of events, both good and bad, God brings about a miracle, and that miracle was Isaac. Isaac was the son of promise, not Ishmael, but Isaac. We find here in Genesis 27, as far as I can tell, the only, one of the only chapters that's fully dedicated, maybe two if you want to count chapter 26, but one of the only chapters that is fully dedicated to a story in Isaac's life. And really it focuses on his sons in this text. He has, he married a wife named Rebecca and they have uh, two sons, uh, two boys, they're twins, Esau and Jacob. Esau being the eldest and Jacob being the youngest. These two boys grew up as natural rivals, not only because they were boys, but it was prophesied that they would be two nations. Two nations are in thy womb, the Lord uh, told uh, Rebekah. And it is in Genesis chapter 25 where we find the account where Esau had been in the field. He's weary, he's tired, and he comes in from the field and he sees uh, Jacob making that pottage. And he asked for Esau, yeah, Jake, Esau asked Jacob for some of that pottage. And Jacob works a deal where he'll sell his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of pottage. That birthright was the spiritual leadership in that home. And Esau said, what is it to me? What good is it to me? It don't mean anything to me. Esau did not care about spiritual matters. 
And so Jacob, being a supplanter, tricked him out of his birthright. In our story tonight, what I'm interested in is Isaac believes he is getting ready to die, and so he wants to pass down the blessing that his father put upon him to his son. The only problem is the blessing was to go to Jacob. God had already specified and prophesied that the blessing should go to Jacob. But Isaac is hard-headed. He wants the blessing to go to, to Esau. So he commands Esau to go out into the field to prepare the venison. But Rebekah hears of the plan. Stay with me, I'm going somewhere. She hears of the plan. and She begins to devise a plan of herself to try to trick Isaac into giving Jacob the blessing. Of course, we know that she prepared uh, the kids of the goats and put the hair on his hands. Here's what I'm interested in. The Bible says uh, here in verse number 21, Isaac comes into, Jacob comes into Isaac, and Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee. My son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and he felt him. Notice what he said. The voice... Is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Verse 23, and he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy, as his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. In other words, in this text, Jacob comes in, and Isaac, his eyes are dim, his vision is bad, and he says, who art thou? And he said, I'm Esau, thy firstborn. You think something would have kind of gave him a hint, that don't sound like Esau. So here's what he did. The word, he wasn't satisfied with what he heard as far as word-wise. So he said, let me see how I feel about this. Uh, let me feel your hands. Esau's a hairy man. Jacob's a smooth man, but he's got those coats of skin on him. And when he feels him, he says, the voice sounds like Jacob. Oh, but the hands feel like Esau. And he went with how he felt. I want to preach on this thought tonight, the danger of living on, by your feelings. You know, and, I, and I'm not trying to be too hypercritical tonight when I say feelings. I know we'll get up and we'll say, I feel like the Lord wants me to testify. I'll say often, I feel like the Lord wants me to preach this. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm not being you know, ticky-tacky with all that. But I'm talking about people who make major life decisions and major life choices based on the emotion or based on how they feel. And they've not prayed about it. They've not sought the word of the Lord. I mean, the, and, and here in this text, the word had been spoken. He heard, he said, boy, that voice sounds just like Jacob, but it feels like Esau. I'm going to go with how I feel rather than what I've heard. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people in our churches today that they're going on feelings and they're living on emotions instead of going by what the Word said. Now, I thank God for emotions. Love is an emotion, amen. There's nothing wrong with that. But I tell you, you can't live by your emotions. Here's why. Because your emotions are up and down, up and down, up and down. I say this tonight. I know I'm saved by the grace of God. But I tell you, when I'm vacuuming water out of that air conditioner duct, I didn't feel too sanctified, set apart, full of the Holy Ghost, heaven bound with a hammer down, shouting the glory down. Somebody help me, amen. I know I'm saved, but I'm not saved based on how I feel. In fact, the Bible said the just shall live by faith. In fact, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a reward of him 
that diligently seek Him. And I want to encourage you tonight not to live by your feelings. See, if you live by your feelings, you wouldn't come to church half the time because nobody feels like it. You wouldn't read your Bible if you live by your feelings because nobody feels like reading the Bible. You wouldn't pray because nobody feels like praying. You wouldn't be a witness because nobody feels like witnessing. This life is a life of faith, not a life of feelings. Now, I will say this. Every once in a while, I do feel something. Amen. Every once in a while we'll get to singing, somehow get to preaching or testifying, and I'll feel something in my heart and thank God for those times. But I'm telling you, most time on Monday morning that feeling ain't there. Most time that feeling is resigned to the church walls. And you feel good at church, but then you gotta go to work on Monday and you gotta go out in that world and that feeling you had, all that excitement is gone. And I'll tell you what you gotta do then. You can't go by how you feel, because if you go by how you feel, the devil will deceive you and distract you and discourage you. But I tell you what you got to do. You've got to live by what you heard on Sunday. By what you read in that Bible and say, you know what? I may not feel this on the inside. This may not make sense to me. But I know what that Bible says. I know what the book says. I know what the Word of God teaches. And I'm building my life not on a feeling, not on emotion, not on something, a, a, a service where everybody cried and snotted all over one another. Thank God for all that. But I'm living my life based on the Word of God. That's where you got to live your life at. Notice a few things in the text quickly. Number one, there's a desire of the flesh. Look at verse 1 through 4. The desire of the flesh. I note the perception that was dim. Look at verse 1. It came to pass that when Isaac was old, his eyes were dim so that he could not see. Isaac is much older than the lad we see in Genesis 22 being taken up the mountain. To be offered to God. In fact, he has got so old now, he is learning. His eyesight has got so bad, he is learning, Brother Richie. He's having to walk by faith, not by sight. He's no stranger to faith. Anybody that has uh, vis- uh, difficulties with their vision to the point of being blind, they have to have faith in other people to lead them. So he's not a stranger to faith. In fact, he's not a stranger to faith. His father is Abraham, the father of the faith we call him. He's not a stranger to faith. His perception that was dim. But then notice the perceived direction, verse 2. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Isaac knows he's getting older. And he feels like he's going to die any day. He said, I'm not sure when I'm going to die. I could die any day. You know, it's interesting though. It would be 43 years after this chapter before Isaac would die. But he felt like he was going to die soon. A perceived direction. Notice a passion described. Look at verse 3 and 4. Now therefore I pray thee take thy weapons and thy quiver and thy bow and go out into the field. He's talking to Esau now. And take me some venison and make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat. Isaac had an odd view of love. Genesis 25, 28 says, And Isaac loved Esau, comma, Because he did eat of his venison. He didn't love Esau because Esau was his son. He loved Esau because Esau could make some good deer meat. Is that not what that verse is saying? He loved him because he ate of his venison. You see, that's not real love. Love, you know, what lust says, what can you do for me? Love says, what can I do for you? For God so loved the world that he gave. Love led to an action. But lust looks for a reaction. What can you give me? Isaac 
loved Esau because he ate of his venison. In fact, you only find one time where it says Isaac ever loved his wife. But over and over again, 20 times in this chapter, you find Isaac's reference to his passion and his love for flesh. For savory meat. Isaac was a man. And I like to eat. Don't get me wrong. I plan on eating this week. I plan on eating tonight. Somebody say amen. I'm not preaching against eating. But I'm using as an analogy of Isaac. All he cares about is feeding his flesh. There's the purposeful disobedience. Look at verse number 4. That I may bless, that my soul may bless thee before I die. Ain't it interesting to note he's getting ready to die and you know, you know what he's thinking about? Eating. He's thinking about that savory meat. He's thinking about consuming flesh. The purposeful, here, so I said, what do you mean the purposeful disobedience? Well, we know that God had commanded in Genesis 25 that the younger, talking about Jacob and Esau, the younger Jacob, what the, excuse me, the older Esau would serve the younger Jacob. And so Jacob was to receive this patriarchal blessing that Jacob, uh, that Isaac was about to bestow. And Isaac knew that, but Isaac's stubborn. And he wants Esau to have it. I tell you, when you live by your feelings, you won't care what the Bible says. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care what God said. I don't care what the preacher preached on it because the preacher said it because what does the Bible say? I don't care what the Word of God, I'm going to do what I want to do. It led to purposeful disobedience. The desire of the flesh. Secondly, this desire of the flesh led to a division in the family. Verse 5 through 16. First of all, in verse 5 through 10, I notice a plot that has developed. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speaking to Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison, make me savory meat, that I may eat it, and bless thee, bless thee before the Lord, before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I have commanded thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me thence two kids of the, of the goats, and I will make the, them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father that he may eat it and that he may bless thee before his death. Because of Isaac's love for venison, his carnal appetites caused division in the home. Isaac was with Esau and Rebekah's with Jacob. You better watch favoritism with your children. You can draw, draw, draw a line in your home. Draw a line in your home. Uh, that'll, that'll cause you problems on down the road. Because Rebekah hears Isaac's plans. Isaac knows, or excuse me, Rebecca knows it's the will of God for Jacob to receive that blessing. But it's not her place to deal with it. It's God's business, not her business. And we always get in trouble when we try to do God's business. We know there's a great problem here and a great lesson here about having unity in the home. Most of the time it's the children trying to pit parents against parents. But in this text, it's the parents pitting the parents and the children against one another. There is a plot developed. There is a problem declared. Look at verse 11 and 12. And Jacob said to his mother, Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father, preadventure, will fill me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. Ain't it interesting that Jacob, Brother Richie, automatically knew, Daddy's going to fill my hands. I noticed that this week studying. He never said, How am I going to disguise my voice? He already knew that Isaac was going to go by his feelings. I tell you, a lot of people, you got a reputation on 
this emotion. Hey, we all have emotions, and they're all up and down and crazy, all right? Some more than others. I don't, I'm not being funny when I say that. But we don't live by that. I pick on Brother Eric a lot. It's because he deserves it. Amen. Him and Brother Wade. They're my two deacons, and they both fight vertigo. Nobody else wants to be a deacon here because they all fight vertigo. All my deacons do, amen. But these two men will fight vertigo, and you know what? They'll say the room's spinning, the walls are moving. But you know what? It's not. The room's not moving. But based on his perception, it is. And if he was to... And if you ever do this, please call me. But if he was to react to the room moving and he thinks the floor is going that way, I'd love to see him run this way, all right? I'm just, I know I'm a terrible person. Y'all pray for me, all right? But if he was to react to that, he's going to hurt himself. And there's a lot of people, they react to every emotion. And they end up hurting people they love and hurting themselves. They think the floor is moving this way, the floor is going, it ain't, the floor is, going, the floor is right where it's always been. But your perception of it, because you have inward difficulties and struggles that are real. You can't live on your feelings. What does the Bible say? What does God's Word say? I have based my life not on a feeling. I have based my life on faith. The, I hope this is making sense tonight. The prescribed directions. Look at verse 13. And his mother said to him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice. Go and fetch them. Down to verse 17, she said, she said I'm going to, you go and do what I said. She said, I'm going to take those coats of skin. I'm going to put them on your hands. That way when your father feels you, he won't think it's you. He'll think it's Esau. And we note the desire of the flesh, the vision, the family. Notice the deceiving of the father. I see the brother's entrance. Look at verse 18. He gets all this stuff. The Bible said he came into his father and said, My father? And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? You see, he already knows it's one of his boys. And he's only got two. And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according to thy badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit, eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. Somebody said, You know, well, Jacob's innocent. He's only doing what he's told. He's not innocent. He comes out and tells a lie. I'm Esau. Well, the venison, the, the goat meat, and the, and the hair on his hands wasn't his idea. No, but he willingly told a lie and said, I'm Esau. There's the bold explanation. Isaac's a little suspicious. Look at, suspicious of this. Look at verse 20. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that I found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Boy, I've heard people blame God for stuff before. You know what he said? Isaac... Uh, uh, Esau, man, how did you get that deer? How did you hunt him? How did you kill him? How did you harvest him? How did you cook him? And how did you bring him in such a short amount of time? He said, oh, it was all God. God and the devil, God and the devil have one thing in common. Did you know that? They both get blamed for things they had nothing to do with. The Lord and the devil gets blamed. I tell you, God told me. God didn't tell you. I tell you, the devil made me. The devil didn't make you. I'm not an advocate for the devil tonight, but sometimes hey, man, he's I had nothing honestly I had nothing to do with that. Really, when it's just us. The bold explanation. It's amazing how many people will use the Lord to prop up their lies. Notice the believable experience. Verse 21. We read these verses. He says, Come near that I may feel thee. And watch this, verse 20. Three, and he discerned him not because his hands were hairy as his brother's Esau's hands. So he blessed him and he said, Are thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. I mean, he's getting a little suspicious. 
And he says, are you sure? Yeah, I'm your son Esau. I'm sure their voices sounded different. You can have two boys around the same age. My daddy's an identical twin, but I can tell my daddy's voice apart from my uncle's voice. Even if, you, even if you're blind, I could tell them. Esau said, Isaac said, okay, give me that meat. Feed my flesh. You know what he did? He threw away logic. Just as long as he could feed his flesh. Ain't that where sin will take you? you throw away all logic. Husbands will throw away, wives will throw away 30 years of marriage for adultery, fornication, pornography. Throw away all logic for, for feeding the flesh. He had a believable experience. I mean, it felt like it. You know what? The words he was hearing was not lining up with how he felt. He didn't like what he heard, so he went with what he felt. Well, how many times, Brother Philip, you've been in church all your life, the words people heard from the pulpit, from the Word of God, wouldn't line up with how they felt. So I feel, preacher, like we need to find us another church where they don't preach as hard on sin or they don't take as hard of a stand. I feel like I, I, I can't, and I'm not, I'm not throwing stones at anybody tonight. I say this with a heart of love. I can't tell you how many times I've stood in that office back there, the few that have come and talked to me. And they'll say, preacher, I feel like I need to leave. Why do you? I, I told her, I said, man, we don't live by feelings. We live by faith. Can I tell you, I ain't always felt like coming to church. I ain't always felt like getting up and preaching. But sometimes you do things out of principle and out of duty because it's right. You always feel like brushing your teeth? No. Don't look at me like that. Like you wake up, I can't wait to brush my teeth and floss. You don't feel it. But why do you do it? <laughs> because dentist bills are expensive. And because it's right. Do you always, do you always feel like paying your bills? <laughs> I don't think anybody feels like paying bills. Amen, that's right. But you do it because it's right. And I said this, there's some things in the Christian life, you may not always feel like doing it, but you do it because it's right. John Phillips made this statement, I, I'm hushing. He said, all through this chapter, we find Isaac being deceived by his senses. His sight had failed him. His smell had deceived him. He thought the earthly smell of the garments of Jacob was Esau. Get this, his taste failed him. I've never ate goat and I don't want to. I have ate deer meat and I love deer jerky. And for anybody here that makes deer jerky and you've not brought it to me yet, you have 30 days before we vote you out of the club. No, I'm just kidding. I love deer jerky. I do. But I think I could tell the difference between goat meat and deer meat. You think. You, Ms. Ronna's not have you ever ate goat meat? Can you tell the difference? I figured you could, amen. I figured being married to Tony, you probably ate things that we don't want to know anything about. <laughs> amen. <laughs> I've ate bear because of Brother Tony, amen. Like bear meat, amen. You can tell it, but you know what? His senses have failed. That's why you can't live by your senses. His sight had failed him. His smell had failed him. His taste had failed him. His hands had failed him. His ears hadn't. But he don't want to hear what the words say. The words are saying something different than what he's feeling. The Bible said the device of a man's heart, or many devices in a man's heart, nevertheless the counsel of the Lord shall stand. 
In other words, that verse saying, your, your heart's got many devices and can deceive you. But this word stands at the end of the day. The blessing extended, verse 28 and 29. He, he blesses him. I ain't going to read all these verses for the sake of time. Can I, can I make this statement tonight? Did the blessing belong to Jacob? Yes. Did God want Jacob to have the blessing? Yes. But the problem with this entire story that I've tried to preach to you tonight in a feeble manner, and I hope it's made sense, is that everybody in Genesis 27 is living by their feelings. Isaac's living by his feelings. We've seen that. Rebecca's living by her feelings because she feels like Jacob deserves that. Jacob's living by his feelings because he believes he deserves a blessing as well. The only guy that ain't living by his feelings in this text is Esau. Esau's the only one doing what he's supposed to be doing. And he was a fornicator, a fornicator, according to Hebrews 12. Ain't it bad when the worst guy in the story is actually the one that's actually doing what he's supposed to be doing? And this led to a damaging fallout. Verses 30 through 46. I ain't going to read all the verses. There's the appearance of Esau in verse 30 and 31. Jacob gets his blessing. He goes out, and about that time, Esau comes in with the venison. And Esau, I believe, is being sincere. He said, here's the meat. And he says, who art thou, my son? He said, I'm Esau. And watch, watch what, look at verse, the alarming expression. Look at verse number 32. And Isaac's father said, who art thou? And he said, I'm Esau, thy firstborn son. Watch verse 33. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, who? See, now that word is coming back to haunt him. There's the agony of the elder. He said, is he not rightly named, verse 36 through 39, is he not rightly named Jacob? I believe in this text, Esau's being sincere. He said, he got me again. He stole my birthright. Now he stole my blessing. Esau was not a righteous man, nor was he a holy man, but I believe he's desperate in this text. In fact, he seems more desperate for the blessing than what Jacob did. There's the ascribed, ascribed exposition, verse 39 through 40. I know these are big words. It's desperation for alliteration, all right? He said, don't you have a blessing for me? And Jacob does bless, Isaac does bless him, but that blessing is the blessing that God intended for him to serve the younger, serve Jacob. There's anger that was evident, verse 41, and Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father at hand, then will I slay my brother Jacob. Because Isaac lived by the flesh and by his feelings, it caused Esau to have anger and animosity towards Jacob. The decisions you make will either have an, a, either a positive or a negative effect on others. And there's the absence encouraged. Rebecca tells Jacob, you better leave. He's going to kill you. Because the family lived by their feelings, it caused the family to have to split. I'm not trying to be rude or crude tonight, but most of the time when people live by their feelings and emotions, it does cause divisions at home. I don't feel like you love me anymore. I don't feel like you care. It happens with our couples. Hey, we said vows to our wives to your husbands not not when I felt like it not when I want but in sickness and in health and I know tragedy sometimes I know divorce happens I know tragedy I know circumstances happen but don't let it be your part don't let it be the call you be the cause only one time in the Bible do we find where Isaac loved Rebecca is in Genesis 24 but over and over again you know what we find out that Isaac loved savory meat savory meat 
It affected their children. As a result, Isaac and Rebekah, being driven by their feelings and emotions, it affected their children in a negative way. Can I tell you tonight as Christians, we don't have to guess at it. I know, I know there's times, Brother Philip, I know when God was doing your heart, you, you testified, God, is this what you want me to do? Is this where you want me to go? You want me to go to this missionary? You want me to do this? But there came a time when God made it clear to you. And I love what you said. He gave you a verse on it. Gave you the word of God. You know why? You know, somebody said, why did God do that, Brother Philip? Because that's how God operates. God, will, God, when he gives you direction, he will always back it up with his word. I know you're praying about some things right now, and I'm praying with you, brother. God's going to give you word on it. And that's not just for preachers either. That's for all of us. He's going to give you a word. He's going to give you a verse of Scripture. You know what that means, though? It means you've got to be in your Bible. You've got to be reading and saying, God, if it's what you want me to do, would you confirm it in your word? He ain't going to put a blimp in the sky and say, this is what I want you to do. You know, don't you? <laughs> this preacher told this story, and I'm done. He may have lied. I don't know. But I'm going to tell it like he told it. He said after he got saved, he was really struggling with his salvation. Really struggling with it. Ain't amazing? You don't, he didn't struggle with the salvation until after he got saved. It's funny how that works. And he said, I was in the backyard reading my Bible one day and praying. And I said, Lord, he said, I was just a young Christian. He said, I didn't know nothing. He said, Lord, I, I trusted you, but I, I just need some confirmation. He said, Lord, if you let an angel fly down from heaven, foof, foof, drop down in front of me and just look at me and say, you're saved, and then fly back to heaven. He said, I wouldn't tell nobody, but I'd know. He said, now God knew that was a lie. He said, I sat out in my backyard for four hours. No angel. So much for that. He said, I went in the house, started reading my Bible, and I come across this verse. The just shall live by faith. God said, there's your verse. This is a life of faith. Now, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Did you know everybody in this building is exercising faith right now? I love this illustration. Ain't none of y'all holding that pew up. None of y'all come in tonight. Now, there's a pew over there you might need to do it with us. Amen. Because we got one that moves a little bit. But nobody come in and examine the brackets, made sure the pew was... No. You know what you did? You exercised faith that this pew was going to do what it was designed to do. And that's hold you up. That's what the Christian life is. But we're not, we're not exercising faith in a pew tonight. We exercise faith in what this book says. Ain't, ain't you glad that 162 in the red back ain't living by feelings on my emotions each day. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. That's all I know. God just gave me that right here. Write it down. Somebody write it down. No, we're living by faith. In Jesus above, trusting, confiding in his great love, from all harm safe, in his sheltering arms. I'm just living by faith. And you know what he said? And I feel no alarm. Thank God. Let's stand together. Appreciate your attention.